Greetings and welcome back to another and ongoing series of Shirman Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom. We are now in Masachet Babakama and Daf um, uh, Hey Amur Aleph at the bottom. Lohari Hashor Kare Hamav Eh. And now we're going to analyze the different components of the argument in the Mishnah to justify the uh, the inclusion in the Torah of all four vote. So the first line is very straightforward. Micah Amar, we're trying to understand what this lahare is. Why doesn't the Torah just write one of them and say we can infer all other damages from there? And then the lahare says you cannot infer any one from any other one, so that um, so that one alone would not have been enough. So from So this, the next step. Which covers really three of the avot, which is shor and mavet against Aish, says so shor and mavet are different because they are alive. So my kamar, Rabbi Shasham, Mishmei Derav, Hachi Kamar. That's what it means. Liichtav Rachmana Tarte Vetete Idach Minayu. So the suggestion is the Torah should write two of them and let the third one and the fourth one be inferred from there. Hadarachem Amar Chadami Hatarte Lavati. The answer then is that you really cannot infer. Any one from two, meaning even if you had, uh, let's say, uh, Mave and Shore, that would not give you H, because you'd say, yeah, Aish is not alive. Now, Amarava, so Rava then points out, He said, if you throw Bor in and any one other, then you've got Bamatsad, because Bor will always be the ace in the hole, because you'll say, Bor doesn't even move, uh, and, uh, and you're Chayev for it. So certainly all of the other ones. All right, Levad mi Karen. The only one that will not work is because Karen has a kula. The kula of Karen is that uh, Karen does not start out as muad. So you'd say, yeah, I know that I'm chayiv for Shane and Regal and Adam and all of the other ones from any one of them in Bor. Um, the reason that Bor alone will not be enough is because I'll say, When a Bor is created immediately, it's a damager, as opposed to the other things. So I need one other, any one other, and Bor will be enough. The exception will be Karen, because I'll say, Karen, I can't include, because Karen, the first time it damages, is not considered a full damager. But there are those who argue that Karen is more chamur, not more kal, because from the other perspective, Karen ha- happens because of an intent to damage, as opposed to incidental damage. So I feel Karen namiatya. So you have Bor and any one of the others, Bor and Shane, Bor and Regal, whatever it may be, all of them will be included, including Karen. So if that's the case, so why did the Torah then write Karen and Shane and Regal and Bor and Aish? Why did it write those? The answer is Karen, it wrote the Chalik Ben Tam Lemuedet. The Torah had to write Karen so that it could tell us that the first few times it's a ton. And you sell it and you get, and you split the proceeds and you split the carcass, etc., as opposed to just playing Minaliyah and paying full amount. Shane Varego, why were they written? The Fotran Abim. To show you that you don't have to pay for Shane and Regal if they happen in Rashutar Abim. Uh, there you could ask, so why do we need both Shane and Regal? And the truth is the Torah was very economic about it by putting them in one Pasuk. Bor, and, and, and internally we talked about why Shane would not lead to Regal and vice versa. Bor, liftor bo atakelim. There's a machloket, as we'll see later on in the third parak, between Rabbi Yudan and Chachamim, about whether the one who dug a pit is chayav if somebody else dropped vessels in there and they got destroyed. Uh, the Chachamim say that you are patur, because v'nafal sham shor, 
o chamor, shor velo adam, chamor velo kelim. So, bor is there to tell you that kelim are your part of Rabbi Huda, kelim and bor, but as far as Rabbi Huda is concerned, that you are chayev for kelim and bor, why is it there? Liftorbo at adam. That he agrees. If a person falls into a pit, the person's chayev, they gotta watch where they're going, the bala bor is, is exempt. So, bor had to be listed to say shor velo adam. Adam, why is Adam listed? To say that when you hurt somebody else, you have to pay for Tsar and Boshet, etc. Eish, what's Eish therefore? Liftor bo atatamun. The sugya about Eish, which is later on in Bavakama, deals with um, with the uh, riffing off the Pasuk. Kitzete Eish, watakotzim. Uh, basadeh. Question is, what does basadeh mean? We dealt with this at the end of Sota in the context of Eglarufa. Um, according to Chachomim, it means it has to be on top of the field, and anything that's buried underneath and gets burned, you're potter for. So, Eish had to tell me that, because that's not true about other things. But as far as Rehuda, who disagrees again and says that Tomun is Chayev Eish, what is uh, Eish there for? To tell you something unique, which is that even if the fire singes um, the furrow or singes rocks, you're still chayav for that. Okay, so we see that the Torah had to write them, not because I would not have known the essential obligation to pay for damages. That what I would have known if the Torah had only told me any one of them and bore. Maybe I need Karen. And the easiest one would have been, of course, Karen and bore. That would have solved everything. Um... Uh, but the Torah wrote all of them because each one of them has unique consequences. Issues of Rishut Rabim, issues of Tamun, issues of Kelim, etc. Okay, Atzara Shavashabahen. So what is the common denominator between the two of them, between the four of them? Uh, that's Atzara Shavashabahen must be including some other piece that says, we got these four, why do we want a tzara shaveh? Why do we want a common denominator? Because there are other things out there that once I identify what qualifies for being on the list, there's other things I can include. We have four different opinions about what's being included here. Number one is abaye. Now this sugya is structured in a very um, uh, patterned way, as you'll see. Abayah says, Hatzara Shavashabahan is there to include, if you put an item like a rock or a knife or a burden or something like that, on top of your roof, and they fell in the kind of wind that's a normal wind, which means you're responsible for it. V'hiziku. Now, Hechidami, what's the case? Ibadidikazli Kamazki, if they, if they did damage on their way down, and this is something that we saw a little earlier, Hainu Eish, that's exactly Eish. So, what do we know about Eish? Eish is a damager that has um, another external force that gen- that catalyzes the damage. That's the wind, and you are obligated to watch it. In spite of that, same thing. If you put a heavy box or a safe on top of a roof and it's teetering and falls off, so you got a combination of wind and uh, gravity. That cause it to do damage, yechayev, just like Eish. So, it can't, so it can't be that 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 the uh, that that that's what Abayim meant as being included in Atzara Shavashim, because that is Eish. Ella, it must be It must be that these things fell on the ground and then they did damage, meaning somebody tripped over them, all right, or fell into them, whatever. So now, Idafkarinu, let's think about it. If you are mafkir, then ben l'rab ben l'shvul That's exactly bore. That is a bore. It's not a, a, a subset or a, something inferred from bore. It is bore. 
So Mashta Borsh Kinchlata just like a bore, the minute you dig it, it's a mazik. Same thing. The minute these things fell to the ground, they're a mazik and you have to watch them. Same thing here. Ella de lo afkarino. It must be that it was things that you left on the roof that fell and you weren't mafka them. And then they did damage. Now, who we'll see later, who says that all miscellaneous damages end up being rooted in bore. I know bore, then it's bore. All right, so then we're back to square one. So the olam de afkarino. The answer is that we're talking about where you're mafkarit. They're not like bore. Why? Bore is a bore is a bore. Nothing, nothing else besides the airspace of the bore, and we'll deal with the, with the uh, the issues of what creates the nezek and bore in the third parak. But it's the bore itself that caused the damage, as opposed to these, which where you put them would not have damaged. It's because another power, the power of wind and gravity, caused them to come to this new place where they caused damage. All right, so there, there we go. Um, now, Tomar Bahani So that's why I would have thought that maybe these things aren't chayiv because they don't fit the, the bill of bore. So the answer is Eshtochiach. I would have, I, but this to do because Esh proves that if Kochachemurabbo, meaning you're not the only one who generated the Nezik, you and some natural force generated the Nezik, you're so chayiv, from Esh. So Mala Esh, Esh typically goes in damages. These things don't typically go in damage except you put them in a bad spot. So Bortochiach, or Boryochiach, Bor will disprove that because Bor sits there and does damage. V'chazar Hadin. And so we go back and forth, and then we say, Yatsara Shabashabahan is, you own it, you're responsible for it. If they do damage, you have to pay. That's a biased take on what's being included with the last, the, uh, that, that next clause in the Mishnah. Rav Amar, he has a different one. A rolling bore. A rolling bore would be like a rock or a ball or something else. It gets kicked. The place where it started out, it was fine, but it got kicked somewhere, and this place that got kicked to it did damage. Hechidami, what's the case? Again, if you were mafkirit after it got to the new place, it's exactly bore. Its first existence in that new place, when you're mafkirit, is Nezek, you have to watch it. Same thing with these with this ball or this rock. Ella de Loafkarino must be that you weren't Mafkrit. But Lishmodarakulami Bor Lamanu Hanu Bor. So according to Shmuel, it's still bore. So we don't haven't gotten anywhere. Leolam Dafkarino, we're talking about a case where you were Mafkrit. Velodami the Bor, why? Malabor Shikin Masav Garmulo. In the case of Bor, you dug it out. That's why you have a bor. Here, you put something in the street and it got kicked somewhere else, and that's what caused it. So the answer is Shoyochiach. Shore will disprove that, because after all, Shore, it wasn't that you put the Shore in a place where it damaged, it went on its own. So But Shore, of course, that's its style is to go and do damage, as opposed to Bor that sits still. And so now we say between Bor and Shore, we find that the common denominator has to be much lower than that. And the common denominator is you own it, you're responsible for it, does damage your chayv to pay. Even this thing that um, rolled around that you put in one place, it got kicked to another place and then did damage. Okay, Rav Adabar number three. People who are allowed to empty out their sewage, like open up and, and let the sewage flow out or sweep out all of the junk from their uh, caves, they're not allowed to do that in the summer. 
because of the heat and all that. They're not allowed to do it in the winter because the rain will wash it away. But even when they're allowed to in the winter, if they go and do damage, they're to pay. Now, what's the case? If while they're flowing, they do damage, that's your strength because you're sweeping them or whatever. It must be that they came to rest and then somebody tripped over them or fell on them. So just like boar, where its first genera- creation was nezek. Same thing. These things, the minute they got to that spot, they were mazikim. Right? It must be a case where you weren't mafke them. You want to keep this sewage to sell for something. Alright, so again, we haven't gotten any further. The answer is the Olam Dafkarinu. By the way, notice that all of the, the suggestions of what Atzad of Shemahan is including is something that's akin to war, something that's left out in the public area and causes damage. When you dig a bore, you don't have the rights to do it. You don't have the right to dig a bore where you are, so therefore you're chayv. These things, we said you're allowed, you're allowed to do it. You just have to be careful that don't damage if they do your chayv. Right? So therefore, shor will prove that that's not the case because you're allowed to walk with your shore in the public and if it does damage your chayv. So same thing, just because we said you're allowed to let your sewage open doesn't mean you're not responsible for what it does. So but shore is no good because shore typically does damage when it walks. So of course, you're allowed to walk with your shore and you gotta keep an eye on it. These things don't typically do damage. So bor so bor will disprove it because bor, after all, sits still and does damage. And then you go back and forth and ultimately come to the conclusion that neither its mobility nor its uh, being originally created as a mazik, etc. Any of those components are the defining feature that makes you chayiv. The defining feature that makes you chayiv is it's your property, you own it, if something happens, you're responsible. Right, Ravinamar, the last suggestion, let's say you have a tree or a, a wall and they fall over towards the public area and they do damage. You had it struck, you had it built up, it fell. Let's say that your tree was going bad, and the Beitin said, you've got a month to cut it down. The wall was wobbly, and they said, you've got a month to fix the wall or tear it down. If they fell during that month, let's say, and it did damage, because you had a month. But if they fell after the time you were delinquent, and you didn't cut down the tree, and then it fell and did damage, you're Again, the same question. So if you're mafka the wall after it fell, that's bore. The hezek uh After all, bore typically does damage, and you have to watch it. I mean Same thing here. Typically, if a wall has fallen over and it's lying there, it's gonna cause damage. People are gonna trip over it, people are gonna hurt on it. And you have to watch it. So And according to Shmuel, it's still gonna be bore. So the Olam Dafkarinu, you have to say was Mafkut. For Lodami the Bor, why is it different? Malabor Shekain Tchilat Asiotomanezek. When you dig a bore, its immediate creation is a mazik. So Mahani Shain Tchilat Asiotomanezek, but that's not true about the tree that you planted or the wall that you built to be a beautiful tree or a nice wall. With years and with damages and with weather and with earthquakes and whatever else that got hurt. So now it's a mazik. Mahani Shain Tchilat Asiotomanezek, stands for Shoyochiach. Because a shore is not generated as a mazik, it's generated as a cute little animal or a big animal. 
So mal a short skin but a short typically goes places and does damage. So bor yochiach, because after all, bor sits still and does damage. And we see that the common denominator is you own it, it does damage, you're responsible. There we go. Okay, the next line in the Mishnah used an odd word. It said, what's the common denominator? It's your property. If it does damage, you have to watch it. If it does damage, So, is not the usual word we'd expect. It should say, so now, just a rhetorical observation. This Tana was Yerushalmi, which means, by the way, that our first Mishnah is a very, very early Mishnah. And it was transmitted verbatim for generations. Haitana Yerushalmi, who is a Tana Yerushalmi, which means it goes back to the time of the Chorban or before. Tatani In Yerushalayim, they would speak in sort of abbreviated ways. Instead of Chayav, they'd say Chav. They'd find shorter ways to say it. And therefore, we know that our Tana is that. And even though later on the Tanaim spoke in a fuller way, and they'd say, Chayav, Mishnah lo zazamim koma, we don't change the wording of a Mishnah and of the oral tradition. Okay, Baruch Hashem, we've gotten up to Davav Amudbet. We will pick up at this point, and the next three podcasts uh, will be devoted to, next two or three podcasts will be devoted to the rest of the analysis of the first Mishnah, which is focused on the issue of Metav, the sugya of Metav, which is the obligation to pay from the best land. What constitutes the best land? How do we estimate what the best land is? Is it subjective or objective standards? Uh, what's the role of money and chattel in this? We'll see all of that when we resume in the next podcast. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.